from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Good morning, Ursula. Good morning. Happy Fresh Friday to all of you. Okay, sometimes the best debates are going on elsewhere, and right now it happens to be on our G and Ursula Show Facebook page. If you aren't already following us, or if you aren't already friends with us on that page, you need to do so, because you can weigh into people are having a heyday on your topic of your spendy shoes. I think, okay, I'm going to tell you this. I know I've heard you. I'm going to take the post down, and here's why. I have to. The reason why the shoes were posted in the first place is because Michael Medved asked me had I ever spent $399 on a pair of shoes. Now, you all that listen to the show, you guys know. So when he asked that question, you knew the answer to that. And so I said yes, and I talked about the shoes that I was currently wearing. And because of that, I wanted to share with our listeners on our Facebook page what the shoes look like because Michael asked what they look like. I posted that, and for some reason, it's not doing what I thought it was going to do. Well, like, there are there are some people who say, you do you, and you work hard for your money, which I will attest to the fact that you do. You, you rarely take a day off. You work on the weekends. You do DoorDash when you don't have to, and... There are certain things that you like, shoes being one of them, jewelry being another, and, you know, that's great. It's not – you're not taking it away from anybody. That doesn't mean that you don't contribute or or do things for people who – are less fortunate. Yeah, but, I also know that. But it, I think it's causing, like, some people understand it, but but some people don't. And I think they're getting on and they're just getting confused by it. You yeah. might get on there and be like, is G just showing off his shoes? No. Yeah, you don't know the context. <laughs> no, to, I'm to, not doing why, that. Yeah, as to why the <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chef? Because <laughs> I got mad. <laughs> I expected you to say like two fifty, and then he said fifteen hundred dollars. I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> Yet I can drive by three million dollar homes every day and not blink an eye. And we have people saying that Jeff Bezos deserves three hundred billion dollars because capitalism is the way it should be. Yet we have a problem with fifteen hundred dollars shoes. Yeah, I'm sensing too much judgment against G. I feel like he's a hard worker. It. Well, somebody, somebody if said, you, if you want to feel better though, and you're like, okay, she and Ursula can't relate, then then look at the post a few up from your post mm-hmm. where I posted about my very old car right. that has two hundred twenty five thousand miles right. on it, and I'm going to keep driving it till would, it doesn't drive anymore. Ursula, would people feel better? Because somebody says you could do more with your money. Why don't you start helping people? What? Would it make you guys feel better if I post it when I do help people? No. 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 You don't want to know that. That's not, yeah. So that would exactly. also be bragging. <laughs> right? Exactly. All right. That's, that's anyway, fun. Anyway, okay. Right. Let's we get had, to we, it. We had a preview of our agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Garden Roofing and Gutters. One of these days, we just got to take off the gloves. Just really go at it. Boy, what other graduation requirements do we need to make sure that our students are equipped with here in Washington State? There have been proposals to uh, mandate Holocaust education, financial literacy, and now computer science. Mm-hmm. So this bill passed the Senate. It's being debated by the House, and it would mandate that the class of 2029 29 in our state 
would either have to complete a computer science class or pass a test to show competency therein. Gee, what say you about uh, the necessity of computer science for folks coming out of high school? As long as they package that up with financial literacy, I'm fine with it, right? I need. I think that um, I understand the need because we know the world and the space that we're heading towards, right? The AI, the tech, all that stuff. Totally understand that part of it, Ursula. But I am really a big, big proponent of the financial literacy that we don't get enough of. So I try to do it both ways. I think that... You were absolutely correct on the financial literacy. Yes, that should be requ- required, and it should be something that can also be reinforced at home. It shouldn't just be only the sole responsibility of the school, but I think to have that as a requirement in school, I I cannot imagine someone would disagree with that. Sure. That is just uh, critical. Mm-hmm. I also think that you should have exposure to computer sciences. Yeah. I mean, not it's not for everybody, but at least have that access. Agree. And at least have that ability. And it shouldn't be something that only richer schools have access to. Mm-hmm. I think it should be accessible to every school. What uh, that technology should be accessible. What? 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 I, I don't know that this is necessary. I, I really don't. Computer mm-hmm. science uh, for every kid coming out in 2029. We are just, what, three years removed from people saying we need to have every kid in the country learn how to code. Coding is the future. Yeah, I didn't say learn how to code. And, and we're, we're reaching a point where AI is doing the coding for people. What is in a C at like an intro to computer science class? Let's see. Abstraction, algorithms, data structures, encapsulation, resource management, security, software engineering, and web development. A lot of these things are going to be done by AI. And the simple fact is the fastest growing industries in our country are in human-oriented services, Mm -hmm. taking care of other people, cooking their food, building their houses, providing their health care. I agree that literacy when it comes to computers and technology is incredibly important. Yes. But the science, I don't know. I don't know how a TV works. Well, and I'm I'm surrounded by technology every day. Again, I don't know that you would have to know how to code. Sure. I think that you should have access. And I think there is a big difference. And I think there are still too many schools that don't even have access to computers for kids. Mm. Okay. Good point. All right. Let's head on up to British. You feeling okay? What's that? We agree. Yeah. You feeling okay? <laughs> go, go, go I'm taking it easy on you since you're getting the, right. a bit of a battering Man, on this Facebook page. Beat up. <laughs> I mean, you agree on that. Maybe not how to use your discretionary funds, but, you know. <laughs> Let's head on up to British Columbia to see how they are trying to tackle a housing crisis that is even worse up there than it is down here in the United States. And one of the proposals that is expected to pass up there in their version of the legislature is a tax on home flippers. So it would impose a 20% tax on the profits of the home that is sold within the first year. And that would go down to about 10% if it's sold after 18 months. And it would reduce to zero after two years of ownership. Ursula, I hope folks are watching on the cameras because that was an epic eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) Who is pushing this? (laughs) Who is... And what is the intent? Is the intention to try to to stop 
big time developers or investment firms from the going idea into- is that uh, if you have a property that is reasonably priced and you have someone that is expressly trying to buy that home to jack up the price and profit from it, you are taking that possibility away from what may be a first time homeowner who now does not have the ability to purchase an affordable home and fix it up because they're competing with people who do this at the mom and pop level as well as at the private equity level. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just it, it feels like another effort to tell you how you can do your business and an, another effort to take away a possibility. And I do think of when I think of people who do home flipping, I don't think of the big equity firms. I think of uh, a, a friend who is doing it, you know, maybe for the first time it's a project and they're able to turn around something and it's a way for them to make money. And it's like trying to take away more ways for people to make money. And for that, I'm I'm not in favor. Yeah. You know, I don't really I don't really have a hard stance on this either way. I just care about this. We need to make it more affordable for young people to be able to buy homes because at this present rate, they can't. They just can't do it. So some of these things need to happen and be put in place for people to be able to purchase homes. One idea would be, can we please stop letting the the corporate uh, and these investment firms go out here and buy up all of the property? Because they don't need to flip. They can buy it and sit on it for years and not do anything. So that is hurting. The Airbnb world, people are buying that and renting Airbnb out and the the Verbos, that's hurting. So there's a lot of things that are in place that are hurting it for the youngsters to be able to buy a home. Okay, but imagine, let's just say Zion comes up to you and says, Dad, I see that, you know, I've I've heard about this house uh, in South Seattle that I can buy into and if I put some sweat equity in it, um, I can turn it around, turn it for a, a profit. Yeah, would I tell them and, to do it? Yes. Right, but then 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 someone says, "Well, but now you're going to have to pay um, a, a higher tax on it mm-hmm. purely because you're looking at it as a possibility to make money." I just don't get it. I mean, and I understand yeah. that you're going to say, "Well, gentrification can happen." That's what happens yeah. on a larger scale. Sure, but yeah. again, I mean, I don't know how dis- dissuasive that would be, honestly. Like if if I'm gonna turn a sixty thousand dollar profit in twelve months on a home that I flipped, and even if they levy a twenty percent tax on the profit of that home, I'm still looking pretty good. So I don't know. Like I don't know if this is as effective as a vehicle from blocking people from flipping. I think roughly almost ten percent of U.S. homes were flipped in uh, 2022. The home sales were flips. Um, so it might be a vehicle more to raise tax revenue yes. to build affordable housing. I'm still not sold on that being an effective vehicle for yes. delivering affordable housing to everyone. All right, I got to move on to lighter news. The sun is shining. We are heading into a beautiful Pacific Northwest weekend. Do you guys hear though? It's going to be like near freezing temperatures next week. There's mm. going to be rain and sleet. Oh gosh, it's just it never ends. Mm. The BBC writes why it pays to be grumpy and bad tempered. I'm just going to make the oh, case here, chef. perhaps for my own personality's sake, <laughs> that cranks may be superior no- negotiators, more discerning decision makers, cut their risk of having a heart attack. Cynics can expect more stable marriages, higher earnings, longer lives. 
even though they'll expect the opposite. And good moods come with substantial risks. It saps your drives. It dims your attention to detail and makes you simultaneously gullible and selfish. Positivity is also known to encourage binge drinking, overeating, and unsafe sex. Uh, Agree. I'm quoting the BBC. You agree? I actually agree with this because it's hard to care. It's harder to care than not to care. This wait, is wait, why wait. he's making an arg- argument for being a curmudgeon. Yes. Yes. And you think he's correct? Yes. You support no, grumpy people? I, no, 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 no. I didn't <laughs> wait. Hey, all people matter, guys. I didn't I didn't say I support it, right? But I have how about this? I've see I see it with politics, yeah. right? Some politicians can get on there and say, "No, no, no, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is dying, this is awful, all this." And literally not come up with one solution. And yet they're popular, right? <laughs> that happens, okay? In life, it is harder to care than it is not to care. The easiest thing to do is to walk away and or run than it is to try to stick it out and try to be a better person. Because you have to you have to take, oh, okay, oh, you know what, you're right. I'll compromise like Ursula talks about. You know what, I'm going to see your side. And then you have some people, like the chefs of the world, like, I don't care. I'm fine. According to the BBC, so Chef only pointed out all the positives, mm. but I would argue that grumpy, angry people <laughs> are often very lonely. Yes. Who wants to hang out with you? Yes. Okay. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and maybe, I know there is that argument that you have um, a, a higher chance of having heart issues if you suppress your anger. But I would like to argue that if you lash out at people, you know what happens? After a while, it loses, first of all, its effectiveness. Secondly, again, nobody wants to be around you. Do you want to live a life where everyone around you is on eggshells? Mm, no. <laughs> no. And then, okay, what, what what were the other benefits? I'm going to counteract oh, everything that you gosh, said. Let's see. Uh, more stable marriages, higher earnings, more longer lives. More stable marriages. No, that's called more miserable marriages. One of the reasons why Mark and I have lasted over 30 years, not even joking, is because he is a saint. <laughs> well, and also because he's so even keel. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think I'm relatively easygoing, but I will give all the credit to him, as I have said before. Uh, and again, if you had two grumpy people, what? A, no. Oh, my gosh. Why are you uh, reacting so negatively because, to this? <laughs> <laughs> this, because this topic is bothering you. Yes. Happiness is a choice. I'm a true believer of that. Okay. Well, the idea is that negative moods, they indicate that we're a new and challenging situation. So we have to be more attentive and detailed and observant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it means we can actually be more in emotional tune with others around us because we are looking for and seeing the problems. Even anger is effective. It mobilizes resources within our body. It tells us that the situation that we are in is bad and we need to do something to change for it. So having a negative outlook on life prepares you to be a solution-oriented individual. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm solutions-oriented. Isn't even killed boring? Well, okay, for an example. (laughs) Okay, here's an example. Being a cynic, some people would be like, hey, that's not a good thing. All right, you ready? Here we go. Hey, everyone. There's going to be a new tax that's going to decrease homelessness in the Seattle area. When you hear that, 
which part of you says, yeah? Or is there a cynical part of you that's like, I've heard this before, I'm not buying into it? Yeah, the optimist says, great, the problem solved. The cynic says, that ain't going to work. We tried it. We better keep looking for solutions. Right? So it's okay to be cynical then because it protects your, yeah, your mental. There's no problem with cynicism, but if it overtakes your life, you mm. just become a miserable, get off my lawn kind of human. Are you still talking about me? <laughs> but it. But it, I love you. But, Are you kidding me? No. Okay. But because what, you have that side that is just so endearing. What so if no. I? What if I told you, Ursula? What if I told you that in our profession, that you can yeah. make more money? It's true. Being the cynical, get off my lawn. This is dying. Yeah. Everything's the worst. Seattle's dying. All of the drugs and all that. If you did that, you can make more money than actually being positive. What if I told you that? It's true, but I think the tide's changing on that one, too. Is it? I don't think it is. I think people have hit their... I don't think it is. I don't believe ...saturation it. point. I don't know. That's not, that's not what I see. <laughs> that's not what I see. Okay, we'll have to agree to disagree on <laughs> this enough. one. Fair <laughs> enough. At, look at Ursula. G- glass half full again. She just does it again. Coming up next uh, on the G and Ursula show is my... Watch... No, Okay. Well, then what are we doing next? A TBD on a Friday. You know what? I know I know what the TBD should be. We've been having a guest for the last three days, and her name is Nora. We should have TV, We should have Nora decide what we do next. That Gino's sounds good. Show. Fresh Friday, and we so appreciate all of you hanging out with us on the G and Ursula show. Text us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. And thank you to all of you who have written reviews or have started subscribing to our podcasts, which are available basically everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And we really appreciate that. So we need to update a story that got a lot of attention when it first broke uh, in the Seattle Times. And this is about that gravel yard near an elementary school in Muckleteo. Well, it has now been ordered to stop work immediately after co- all those complaints of kids and teachers getting sick. We're concerned about the noise levels, obviously difficult to uh, have class when uh, there's there's uh, construction noises outside, just outside your classroom. They were also concerned about um, dust that was coming into the school. That was uh, Snohomish County Executive Director Ken Klein speaking to Como 4 News. He says the construction company cannot resume work until it gets permits and does an environmental review. From their standpoint, um, obviously, they feel like they their operation wasn't that intrusive. But obviously, it's a matter of debate. Um, but regardless, they needed to have a permit that, um, that they did not have. OK, one of the questions we had was how did how did that school I mean, how did that uh, construction company, the Mountain Loop Mine, end up 
opening and operating so close to the school. And the story first got our attention when the Seattle Times reported that Mountain Loop Mine had actually sent a cease and desist letter to Fairmount Elementary School warning the principal and teachers to stop making public complaints about all the noise and dust or else face legal action. I told (laughs) y'all. I told you before. What were you all thinking? The arrogance that you have to have to send the school a cease and desist, and how dare you? Especially when you had no permit. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And so you knew that this was going to happen. Ursula, we talked about it. We talked about it. And I'm quite sure, because sometimes people listen to the show, uh, I'm quite sure that people said, well, wait a minute. Y'all talking all this, and you don't even have permits, and now you're in this situation. Which, how many times in life could you have maybe handled a situation before it got escalated, right? Mm-hmm. This could have been taken care of Yeah, I want to give kudos to, to the Seattle Times. And we did have people from this company reach out to us and say, hey, it's not as bad as they make it seem. Um, but bottom line, you don't have a permit. You are there, and it is impacting. I, I read... Statements from family members and teachers who were saying their kids had headaches, the noise was going on, you know, all day long, Mm -hmm. and it's right, you know, it's so close to the school. Uh, So this all makes sense. And I want to just give kudos to the Seattle Times for out, you know, basically putting it out there and then some action being taken. Can I ask you a question since, uh, and I don't know if I should do this on the air. Oh, but you're going to. Yeah. (laughs) So we talked about this topic. Uh Uh-huh. And someone hit up, hit us up about this, and they wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's even more. Mm-hmm. What was the reason that you and relative? How come you guys really didn't want to really talk about this even more? Because it's here that's because I wanted to get more details, and because I also heard from someone from the county saying uh, talking about the process that they had, mm-hmm. um, and the I didn't have verification that the person was actually someone who worked for the company. Uh, And then I also got turned off by the fact that he called Chef, I don't know, 30 times. Somebody said, so some 425 just texts in and says, please get all the facts uh, before you blast the company. How do we blast the company? We didn't blast the company. We said exactly what the news is. And the news is this. Is it it true that they've been ordered to (laughs) stop on an emergency basis? Yes. Is it true that they sent a letter to the school cease and desist? Yes. What, what what opinion did we get into this? My only opinion is this. You shouldn't have never sent that letter because that was arrogance. That was my opinion. And then look at the result of that. Right. All right. Okay. Um, let's move on to something much lighter since it's a fresh Friday. Okay. And, you know, we talk about inflation all the time. Apparently, inflation has hit the tooth fairy as well because the tooth fairy on the West Coast is paying an average of $8.54 per tooth. Whoa! Whoa. (laughs) This is, according to Delta Dental Insurance, their annual survey, and they say that's about a third higher than last year, and it puts our region on top. Shocker. Uh, Nationwide, the value of a lost tooth has actually gone down 6% uh, to $5.84. So at least nationally, it's the first yearly decline in five years. And what they're saying is that the tooth fairy poll basically mirrors 
what's going on with our economy. In all fairness, with inflation, mm-hmm. if you are still giving what your grandma gave you, which was probably the $2 bill, right? There's some people that give the $2 bill. That thing might be in circulation. It was pretty cool. Well, grandma gave that in addition to the tooth fairy. Right. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so I guess I want to ask maybe... Chef knows this better. Chef, you would wait, definitely wait. assume that the Tooth Fairy would bring at least ten dollars. Yeah, it should I, at least no, be a ten. No. I, I've seen Matthew smile. I mean, he has he he's had the he's Tooth got a Fairy lot visit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the, the Tooth Fairy. It's like the way the Tooth Fairy comes up with what to pay each household. It's like how Santa comes up with different presents with different budgets for every child. Uh, I don't know the calculations, but they calculated scale? five. Five dollars in $5? my home. Yeah, five dollars in my well, home. You're below the Seems to be average. ample. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. also five dollars cheap. Think about what age kids are when they lose their teeth. Six uh-huh. or seven, right? Yeah. Like, uh, if you're paying ten, twenty bucks, Tooth Fairy, I think that's just a little bit too much cash. You should no, not, not earn more from the Tooth Fairy than an adult earns from a full hour's worth of work at a job. Oh, you try, so now every time we bring this up, you want to bring up that the federal minimum wage is $7.25. Oh, wait, that's me. I'm not talking about the federal minimum wage. I'm talking about that the Tooth Fairy be <laughs> dropping 20 bucks on some kid. <laughs> this a, is true. So you're bringing down the average is what you're yes, telling us. Yes, absolutely. Uh, gotcha. no. so it, you know what? I'm keeping the pressure <laughs> down on parents. There you go. Because so inflationary pressures come from the Tooth Fairy that visits other homes. What is what, what can Especially that child- on the West Coast. Okay. Parents, what can a six, seven-year-old get with $5? Nothing. Back in our day, we could get a lot of things with less than $5, with $3, $4, Today, whatever it was like. $5? Nothing. Never take those kids to the dollar store? Now, that was my secret spot that I went to the, shout out to Kent. I used to go to the dollar store yes, all the time. You can still go to the dollar store. But a lot of folks, they, some of these kids are smart. A lot smarter than me. They ain't going to the dollar store. They want to go prime were you, time. Were you the kid that was wiggling their tooth before the the tooth was ready to come out? Yes. So that you could get visits yes. from the tooth? Yes. I know, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be just working that tooth. Yeah. <laughs> Nora, your thoughts on the tooth fairy and uh, what they should bring? I mean, I think I've probably got a couple dollars, and I'm not even that far behind. So I think 10 is lucky. 10 is lucky. Yeah, be go. grateful, kids. Yeah. The kids didn't ask to come into the world. Now you want to pull the be grateful? <laughs> Nick, 10 to win or what? Mm, yeah, bring it up to 10. Let's go. I always tried to catch the tooth fairy growing up, but never to succeed. Mm. <laughs> All right. My dad messes it up for everything. Coming up next, Jen Ursula. Show. Ursula said this show has gone by fast. Has anybody been listening for the entire three hours? Would you agree with that? It feels like it. And I just, again, it's because y'all keep it interesting and fresh on a fresh Friday. And yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Okay. 
Did you go to Olympia yesterday? I did. Okay. I did. I got everything. I had something signed. I needed an uh, apostle. I didn't even know what the heck that was, but I had to go to the basically a, 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 a branch of the Secretary of State's office to to get a document signed. And there was no other way to get that well, done. Well, I could have done it by mail, but I just would have. Added, this was the way I could do it faster. So the it, only it, it has to do with me trying to sell the house in the Philippines. And the only way you can get that 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 stamp yes. was down there, or, or to nail it. Yes, it's crazy. And I just figured I'll just physically go down there. Gotcha. All right. Um, gig businesses against mandatory minimum wage. Chris and Valor says. How is a gig worker's minimum wage $26 an hour when I work at a bar as a bartender on the weekends and my minimum wage is $16 an hour? It should be the same across the board. Do you have an answer to that, actually? I mean, it's it's assuming that the the gig worker does not work an eight-hour shift. Uh, A, uh, you do not have a 38% uh, federal payroll tax because you're paying your own payroll tax. You are not asked to fix the cooler or the refrigerator when it breaks. Independent people use their own cars and vehicles. There's numerous reasons. Vince in Rochester says DoorDash isn't running a charity. They don't care if it's hurting the employees or small businesses. It won't make or break them if DoorDash loses Seattle business. And just like the Inslee carbon tax, the consumer is going to pay for that added cost put onto the business. Mm. Half of college grads don't use their degrees. John in the 425 says, my boss in banking had a degree from Harvard. His boss had a high school degree. Susan and Everett says, one morning years ago, my college son, son, college age son, called to sleepily say, thanks, mom. I went to a really funny play last night. And if I hadn't gone to college, I wouldn't have gotten any of the jokes. He works in education and loves having gone to college. Oh, Mel on Bainbridge says, as someone who has a child in trade school, I feel there is a stigma from society which keeps kids from considering the trades. I can see people's faces when I tell them what my child is doing. I just chuckle and think to myself, what did they pay their plumber, electrician, hairstylist? Thank you, Mel. Great point. (laughs) On Tesla messing up with a (laughs) black business in San Jose, Diane and Belby says, I too have a negative Tesla connotation. And in my experience, the drivers are... Inconsiderate and inattentive? Man, Diane. Oh, man. Uh, oh, Ernie, though. Look at Ernie. Here we go. Uh, grumpy people, i.e. chef. Brian, Brian in Bellevue says, I'm so jealous of grumpy people. My life could be so much easier if I wasn't the way I am. Brian, I love, love, love the way you are. Yeah. Did I not just say yesterday he's one of my favorite people? You did. Yep. You did. Love Brian. Yeah. Um, this is another favorite. Uh, Tomia says, I can be an optimistic pessimist, positive that something can go wrong. B and Pialov says, happiness is just a form of settling for what you have. Uh, and then there was Kai, who might have the text of the day. I got to <laughs> scroll up. He says, you tried to lighten up the mood on Fresh Friday, and here comes Chef raining on our parade. (laughs) Hey, now, I gave you the most positive interpretation of pessimism you're ever going to hear. It's so true. Uh, Michael Medved, we asked him about IVF. Isabella in the 253 says, Alabama, if if embryos are children, let the tax deductions begin. 
And then Julie B in the 206 says, I don't think it's ridiculous. Some people had embryos. Maybe they were their only embryos and they were destroyed or killed or left to melt. And now they're devastated because they cannot have children. Scenarios. I ran out on a 47-year-old man who lied about his age. Our good friend Liz in Geek Harbor says, am I the only one laughing about what he said about dying first? <laughs> no, yes. I, was, I, I, I was laughing and thinking, what a weirdo. <laughs> uh, Chris from Sumner says, here's a good pickup line. You look just like my next ex-wife. Ooh. Did you use that one, G? No. Chris from Sumner. Come on, man. Man, that's so dark. Uh, mandatory computer science education. 253 says, I'm a high school teacher, and I 100% agree. We need to focus on critical thinking skills. Kids can and will learn how to use computers on their own. Mm. On home flipping, Bill and Shelton says, I lost my opportunity to buy my first home on my home home due to a flipper. They paid way more than the asking price and had a company come repair it in about a week or two. I live and work in a smaller city and it was one of the only houses I could afford in my area. I was already approved for a loan over the asking price, but not 30000 like this company did. Ursula's time for words to live by brought to you by Wilcox Farms. And you know, sometimes I'm just inspired by something that happens during the show. And so I combine two different quotes. Yeah. Do not let the behavior of others destroy your inner peace. Oh. Happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Oh. Health is the new wealth. Oh. And kindness is the new cool. Woo! Are you going to passive aggressive uh, words to live by our times? Hey, hey, everybody. I said uh, specifically, wait, wait, I was inspired hey, by something that came up during the show. Let me tell y'all something. For November and December, all the words to live by was directed towards me. Now, <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now that one was directed towards Chef. Man, it feels good. Man, well, what the do you tables got? have turned. Well, degree or no degree or questions raised when finding work, is it worth the money spent for school or just an extra perk for an interview that sometimes needs a little more than merit while they're looking for employees with good virtues to inherit? Though I cannot guarantee a job gained purely from your classes. It won't help to wear G's thousand dollar shoes and fancy glasses. So enjoy the weekend with the sun, however long it lasts, but don't purchase shoes with G's advice or else your cash will go fast because you're paying rent with those bad boys over there. <laughs> <laughs> We kept the post up, right? Oh, yeah. It's, the whole, it's still the cooking over there. Still, it was on the Gene Ursula Show Facebook page. Hey, just because I don't want anyone to misinterpret anything going into the weekend, I hope you all know. Chef, you know I love you oh, I know. dearly. <laughs> yes, and you know, and, and she as well. So, I mean, this is family and we joke around, but yeah. I wouldn't want either of you any other way. Come on. Hey, look, maybe a little this bit. Is, this is Gene Ursula's <laughs> show. We all got to get it sometimes. Yes. The texters, y'all get it sometimes. It's a family. I get it, too. Uh, before we go, Nora, did you have fun hanging out with us this week? Oh, yeah, I did. Thank you for having me. All right, good, good. Thank you for hanging out with yes. us. Yes. Uh, Nick, have a good one, brother. Oh, yeah, you too, buddy. All right, Chris Martin, you have a good one, too. Uh, Chef, what do you got going on the rest of the day? Oh, man, it's Friday. I'm just looking forward to the rain on Monday. Ursula, you about to take a nap? Yes, but I have a very, very busy weekend, so maybe no nap today. All right. Uh, the Jack and Spike Show, they're coming in next. You guys got to hang around for that. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. We appreciate you for listening. Love you for that. And as always, be kind. Hope you have as much fun as we have. So long, everybody. Hey.